You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. to influence one another in a good as well as an evil or bad way. I believe I would be right in saying that everybody in here at one time or another has been influenced to do something bad. I believe in hindsight that there are certain things uh, you have just determined you'll never do again. Certain folks you'll never, you'll never deal with again. I was expecting a little more from, from the women because I know women know personally about dealing with some low down men. Men that don't want to work, don't want to do this, that, and that. I know you know, and since there's more women in here than men, I was hoping to hear y'all a little bit more than I hear the brethren. So let, let's try that one more time. I believe all of us at one time or another have dealt with bad company. Yeah. Now that sound better right there. Yeah, we, we have been duped, tricked by somebody in our distant past But some of us in our recent past, we have probably been influenced or guided by somebody that we shouldn't even been having a conversation with. And I don't know about you, some some folk are are kinfolk. Some folk that will sure enough mess you up of your own blood. Folk that look like you. You can't deny they some kin to you because they look like you. But then you can also be duped in the church. Day and time we're living in, preachers are duped you. Yeah, they will. Folk that are folk that are close to you in the community will dupe you. Co-workers will trick you into doing something you have no business doing. And so as children of God we just have to make a choice when it comes to people that we are going to handle our business. We are going to handle it whether we are dealing with bad company a good company. 
Because sometimes folk can treat you good, but you respond by treating them bad. And sometimes folk can really be trying to help you, but what they're saying may not sound helpful because it requires you to do certain things. But they're trying to help you. However, you'll treat them bad because you don't see what they're doing is help in the manner that you need to see it. It's just like when, when, when the deacons and others come forth encouraging you to give God his tithes and offerings, encouraging you to pray and so forth. You know, sometimes your flesh is cut up. You can get upset. But see, it is not meant to hurt you. It's meant to help you, especially when you consider what God does for people that give. Luke 6 and 38, give and it shall be given. How? Good measure, press down, shaken together and running over. That means God will do abundant things for you if you give. But sometimes when, when folks are telling us the necessity and significance of giving, it doesn't, we don't always receive it the right way. But we should. We should. And so it's important that we learn how to handle bad company. Got to learn how to handle bad company. Now, when it comes to bad, just want to give you one definition. Actually, uh, actually, the core meaning of bad. The core meaning of bad is something of someone that is about wrong doing. That's what it means. It's indicative of somebody doing was wrong. What the Bible calls sin. And see, according to Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin, a wrongdoing, is death. Figuratively, death says that your life is going to end up in ruin. You're going to end up experiencing some, some things that if you would not have been operating in sin, you would not have experience in the way that you're experiencing them because of sin. You take, for instance, everybody goes through trouble. But there's a difference when you go through trouble and God is the author of it and not sin. Because, again, when God allows you to go through trouble, you get blessings out of it. You know that from Job. You know that from the Apostle Paul. And, and more so than anybody, we know it from Jesus. Went through a whole lot of trouble, didn't he? But look at how blessed Jesus was when he came out of his trouble. But then when, when you encounter trouble because of sin, look also at certain things that happened. Judas incurred, incurred trouble because of sin. And look, it got so to him that he went and hung himself. Ananias and Sapphira, they went through trouble because of sin. And didn't even get a proper burial. Failed dead. 
fell dead at the feet of the apostles. So it's a difference when you go through something because God permitted it versus going through something because of sin. We don't want we don't want we don't want sin. Because again, the wages of sin is death. And we don't want that. No. We don't want ruin in our life. And, and we definitely don't want to experience physical death before our time. No, we want we want our death physically speaking to happen at our appointment. Hebrew writer told us that it's once appointed for a person to die. That's what we want. And so bad has to do with wrongdoing or sin. I like how James talked about it. James said when a person knows to do right but does not do it, to him or her it is sin. But when you handle something, it says first about you, that you're going to deal with or treat something or someone a specific way. See, when, when you're dealing with evil or bad, you got to know how you're going to deal with it. You can't be thinking about how you're going to deal. You got to know how you're going to deal with evil or bad. And as Christians, we need to deal with evil or bad according to the scripture. The Bible tells us that the scriptures, the scriptures was written aforetime for our learning. We learn what to do and what not to do based upon the scripture. We learn what to say and what not to say based upon the scripture. Can I take it further? We learn what to think and what not to think based upon the scripture. So if I'm going to handle bad, I need to handle it according to the scripture. And see, you want to handle it God's way because of certain promises that, that come with doing things according to the word of God. Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. So, Lord, if I do it according to your word, I don't have to worry about it not manifesting. No, heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. My word is going to do what it was sent to do. Now, Isaiah said that in a better way in Isaiah 55 when he, when he revealed that once God sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish everything that he sent it to do. And how many love that about God's word? I'm going to tell you what I especially love. Uh, that I have learned that God's word is not always going to happen on our timetable. I said it's not always going to happen on our timetable. Sometimes God will do it before you expect it. But, but sometimes God will delay it in order to see if you're still going to trust or have confidence in him. Because if God promised something, he's going to do it. We just need to hold on to our trust 
uh, confidence. That's the reason the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 10 and 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great reward. He went on to say, for you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For he, a God, will come and he will not tarry. But then he went on to say, we still got to live by faith. We got to stand on the word. Because the word is faith. We have to stand on the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So we have to handle bad company based upon the word. We, we can't deal with folk based upon what we think. Uh, uh, you know, because we may be like, well, I don't want to say it and hurt their feeling. Well, if the words say it's time to just put your foot down and tell them like it is, that's what you do. Because some things you don't need to play with. Some folks you don't need to play with. You just need to be point blank, you know. But again, the best way to do it is according to the scripture. And so we have to handle it. We have to deal with it or treat it in a specific way. But to handle also says that as people of God, we need to look at every thing that's bad as anti-God. So if I'm going to handle bad company, I, I have to see bad company as anti-God. Because one thing that God equates, biblically speaking, is good. That's the reason James revealed in James 1 and 17, every good and every perfect gift is from above. And when something is good, that means it's going to be beneficial for you in reference to God's will. Yeah. Because everything that may feel good is not good for you. Everything that looks good is not good for you. But when it's good based upon the scripture, it's going to be a blessing for you. It's going to be beneficial for you. Y'all still with me? And so, when it comes to our text of Psalm 101 and 7, David had made up in his mind that he was going to handle bad company. He was going to handle it. And if you'll notice, based upon this small verse, he only mentions two types of people that we can definitely consider bad company. Yeah. So notice again what he says in reference to the first person that I want to deal with. Notice the first clause in the verse. He who works deceit shall not dwell 
within my house. I ain't going to let nobody come in my house if they're dealing in deceit. That means I got to be careful when it, when it even comes to who I'm going to let come work in my house. Who I'm going to let fix my drive, fix my refrigerator. Because the primary thing we need to understand about deceit is that deceit is the antithesis of honesty. I said it's the antithesis of honesty. Now, honesty equates a very powerful biblical word, that being truth. So if a person is operating a working deceit, it says that that person does not have embedded in him or her truth. Why is truth so important from a biblical standpoint? I could go to a number of verses, but I want to go to two key verses that Jesus talked about. Uh, and you can turn there as I quote them if you, if you desire. But John 17 and 17, Jesus talked about how truth sanctifies. I said truth sanctifies. When, when you're sanctified, it, it says about you, you're changed for the better. And how many know the truth changed us for the better? And so his prayer to the Father in John 17 and 17 was sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Change them for the better according to your truth. Your truth is better. And Lord knows, didn't he change us for the better? How many in here you used, you used to curse? Drink all the look in the house. Come on now. Some of us, we, we had our days then. We had to be sanctified. And now you got folk that are in church but don't want to be sanctified. How can you be in church and you, want to be, you don't want to be sanctified? Again, being sanctified means you're going to be changed for what? You're going to be changed for what? That means your thinking will be better. Your talking will be better. And what you do will be better. Why? Simply because the truth of what is being proclaimed week in and week out is making you better. Good God from Zion. How many sanctified folk do I have in here? Put your hand up, sanctified man or woman. And just look at somebody and say, I got my hand up because I'm sanctified. And tell them it wasn't nothing but the truth that made me better. Y'all ain't saying it like y'all from the backside of Hewlett, Georgia. Come on, tell one more person it wasn't nothing but the truth that made me better. We used to think that being sanctified mean you had to have a long dress. You couldn't wear short sleeve shirts. I mean, just crazy stuff. But when you're sanctified, that means that you're getting better. That means that when folks see you, they don't hear that cursing coming out of your mouth. They be like, she done changed her life. That girl ain't nothing like she used to be. She used to drink up all the liquor. Now she don't even want to see no liquor. Lord, he used to just hog the joint. Now he don't even smoke reefer no more. He done changed his life for the battle. And so you have to understand that if a person is deceitful, that person does not have no truth in him or her. They're not sanctified. You hear me? 
Let me show you uh, a couple of scriptures in reference to people that possess deceit. Well, one that possesses it and one that doesn't. Y'all ready? Let's go to 1 Peter first. Let's go to 1 Peter. In the back of the Bible, 1 Peter, the third chapter. Close to Revelation, 1 Peter. That's how I, that's how I remember 1 Peter. I just, it's close to Revelation. But consider 1 Peter 3 and 10, and I want you to know, notice the implication of this verse. And the implication reveals truth. But notice, it's stated, but, the, but, but notice what it implies. And I'm going to explain what I mean. But notice 1 Peter 3 and 10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him or her refrain his or her tongue from what? And his or her lips from speaking what? See, if a, if a person is deceitful, the implication is that that person going to talk it. You're going to hear it out of his or her mouth. You're going to tell that that person is deceitful. That's when you have to watch preachers. I'm just telling you the Because there are preachers that will speak deceit from the pulpit. You have to watch people you hang with because they are speaking. And and I know that occasionally we fall into that category where we say something we have no business saying. But when it has become a lifestyle, not necessarily habitual in that you speak deceit every day, but but it but it's just so regular to where you know that person actually believes what he or she speaks because she he or she speaks it too regular or much. You understand what I'm saying? Can we take it further? Let's go to Psalm 32. And we're going to see what happens to those that make it their business not to speak deceit. Now notice if you speak deceit based upon 1 Peter 3 and 10, you're not going to have good days. I mean, you're going to have bad days. Psalm 32 and 2. Notice the wording of this verse. Very important. Psalm 32 and 2. Blessed is the man or woman to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no what? Deceit. I know yours may be a little different, but, but in the New King James it says deceit, right? In whose spirit is no what? Look at it again. In whose spirit is no what? That means in your attitude. Because spirit in one sense has to do with your attitude or your behavior. But in your attitude and your behavior, you have no deceit. So therefore, you're blessed. Notice, notice the text now. Y'all are like I'm losing y'all. 
well, y'all not responding the way I want you to. Let's look at it again. I'm going to read it with, with the first part of the verse and then uh, the latter part. I'm going to skip the middle part because I want you to get this. Blessed is the man or woman in whose spirit there is no deceit. You're what? Blessed. You're what? Because you don't have any deceit where? In your spirit. In your attitude. Now, understand this. Spirit Theologically speaking, represents your God consciousness. That means you're clear when it comes to God speaking to you and God dealing with you. Why? There's no deceit there. Because see, there are some people because their, their spirit is so tainted, they will not receive what does saith God. But when your spirit is not tainted, when you don't have any deceit in your spirit, that means you are conscious of the doings of God. You're conscious of the sayings of God. Why? There is no deceit in you. Amen? Let's go to the second type person now that he mentions in Psalm 101 and 7. I know this seems like a Bible study, but I hope, I hope y'all receive it. Y'all receive it? Yeah. Notice the second person. He who lies or tells lies. I got Paul for a minute. I mean, I used to tell lies. Huh? Sometimes you tell lies thinking that's happening. Well, if I'm going to be able to go where I want to go, I better tell I better tell a lie. I can't, I can't let mama know I, I really want to go to the clubs. I'm going to tell I want to go and spend the night with such and such. And, and this is the thing. You, you be thinking you get away with the lie. Because you tell the lie and you end up doing what you want to do. And often, and some of us to this day, your parents probably never knew that you lied about that. Now, it, it would be different if the if, uh, only one you had to worry about was your parents. But who knows everything? The omniscient one. And see, God does not want us lying. Even though sometimes you can lie and get away with it. You got to remember that, that he, he rewards you based upon what comes out of your mouth. Right? And, and he used Solomon to tell us. How important it is to watch what comes out of our mouth. Yeah. Proverbs 18 21 says, death and what? Uh, and the power of the what? Tongue. And then it went on to say, and he who uses or loves it shall eat his fruit. Yeah. That means whatever come out of your mouth is going to manifest in your life. Yeah. If you lie all the time, it's going to manifest that you are a devil. 
You're demonic. Well, because, because John 8, 44 tells us that the devil is the originator of lies. Of course, in that verse it says he's the father, but father equates originator. He is the originator of lies. God didn't originate lies. That came from the devil. So every time we lie about something, even when we think we're getting away, it's demonic. We're doing what the devil did to Eve and everybody else that he got in contact with. Devil's so bold, he even lied to God. He just lied. And, you, and some of us, we, we just used to lie just to lie. Some of y'all looking so innocent. You're like, not me, not me. Come on, and we in church. How many, how many of you used to invent lies you were so good at? It? Come on, put that hand. I just got to see you in your pretty dress tonight. You got on that nine-looking suit, brother, but I just want to know tonight. But now notice what he says. You know, that he does not want anybody that's telling lies or untruths around him. You hear me? Let's look at it again. Let's look at this clause. Then I'm, then I'm going to uh, deal with it and I'm going to be done. He who tells lies should not continue in my presence. And of course, lies are untruths. You know, and uh, all of us have lied. And even now we lie. <laughs> no, sometimes we are lying and it's not intentional. But then sometimes we lie now and it is intentional. I have lied and it was intentional since being saved. And you know, the Holy Ghost let me know, you know, that's wrong right there. But now, notice, uh, let's go first to the book of uh, Proverbs. I want to just deal with lies for a minute. The book of Proverbs 29. I'm almost done, y'all. Just stay with me. I thought it was revival. <laughs> Seemed like we in Bible study. It is revival. That, that's got a Bible study night. But then notice how powerful this is in Proverbs 29, verse 12. Y'all there? If a ruler pays attention to lies... Notice what happens. All his servants become what? Bottom line. The leader ahead of a household, business, and so forth. But you know a proverb reveals truth. It may, it may use an example, but, but the truth is bigger than the example that is used. Here, we, here is an example of a what? Ruler. But again, because there's a proverb, is is bigger than the text. If a businessman, a pastor, head of a household, pays attention to lies, guess what? It's going to affect everybody 
that that person is connected to. Everybody. And, it, and, and notice, notice the text. It's going to make them become wicked. Somebody else paid attention to the lie, but it's messing you up. Because you connected to that person. That's where your connection is important. Who you hang with is important. Whatever you do, don't hang with no liar. If somebody told you four or five lies and then didn't blink their eye, that, that's a good sign that, hey, I got to cut, I got to cut him off. Because if you connect with somebody that, that's known for just lying all the time, Look what's going to happen to you. None of us are bigger than this verse right here. I better read this verse one more time. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become, help me. All his servants become, help me. Let's read, bring your Bible to church. We ain't saying the right reverend. Uh, nobody else would do wrong, but we just saying you need to know when your pastor teaches and preaches that what he's saying is scripture. And it always needs to be to the point to where it's so clear there's no question about it. There's no question that he's teaching scripture. What he's saying is scripture. And you need to be able to see it. That, that means if you have to look at it two times, look at it. Just like I'm on this scripture. Some, I ain't going to wait for you to look at it two times. Sometimes I'm going to go back and read it. Because I want you to see it. The worst thing you can ever do is take somebody's word for something. And your life is on the line. See, because Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by what? Yeah. Every word. So if I'm going to live by, if I need to live by every word of God, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, I need to make sure that every word that's coming forth is true, correct, and it's being laid out properly because I don't want my preacher to mess me up. Ain't this something a preacher up there talking about? He don't want his preacher to mess him up. I don't. I don't want to mess up nobody. That's reading this extremely important for every preacher to study. And make sure when we come with the delivery, it's so clear, so plain, to where even as, as the old people used to say, even a way. Faring food shouldn't err. How many remember that saying? Yeah. It needs to be that plain. Let's go further. Let's go to the book of uh, Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, right after Lamentations. Book of Ezekiel. I want to consider...
Ezekiel, the 13th chapter, and the 22nd verse. I just want to look at that, look at that first clause. And you'll see why I just want to look at the first clause. Ezekiel 13, 22. Ready? Because with what? You have made the heart of the of who? What? Because of what? Whose heart was made sad? That means a lie can affect your mindset. Your feelings. A lie. You lie all the time. You think I'm going to hang with you? Oh, no. No. And you know when folk lie. I have walked off from folk. You know why? They were lying. Got up and left out of a church. You know why? Preacher was lying. Lie don't make you free. John 8, 31 and 32 says, truth makes you free. Now go back to uh, Psalm 101. I'm closing. But, but notice, notice what David states here in Psalm 101 and 7. I want you to pay close attention to how he ends uh, both clauses now. This is what I want you to notice. First he states, he who works deceit shall not dwell within my what? So he, just, he was just determined, if they working deceit, they ain't coming in my house. Right? Then he, then he went on to say, and, and he who tells lies shall not continue in my what? In my presence, right? What does that mean? He going to put them out, his house. They got to go. Sometimes you got to, you got to, you got to invite folks out. Yeah. Hey, time for you to go. Some of y'all ain't ready for that. You scared. But, but, you gonna, but it's Bible now. Look at it again. That last one. He who tells lies should not continue in my what? Yeah, you telling lies, you right here with me, but you got to go. And I'm going I'm to show you why David reached, this, reached the conclusion based upon what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. This is my last scripture. Because if you ain't got it by now. You may not get it. You may not want it. 1 Corinthians 15. 33. This is powerful too. And notice how he starts off the verse. 1 Corinthians 15 33. Do not be what? Evil company. Corrupts. Good habits. Do not be what? See, don't don't think you know better. Well, I can hang with him. It ain't gonna hurt me. No. You you ain't you ain't. Yes, it will. Do not be what? Deceived. Do not be. Trick, deceive, 
do. Evil or bad company corrupts good habits. And, and this is the thing. You, you, can, you can have a habit where you just pray every day. But you get to hanging with the wrong folk. You'll stop praying every day. You are dedicated, loyal to ministry. You know how important ministry is in church. And so you dedicate it because you know uh, biblically that there were people that were so in the ministry that, that Paul at one time deemed a couple of folks addicted. And so you, wanna, you got that same spirit. I just want to do ministry and do it the right way. But then you get to hang with Sister Gal. And Sister Gal just ain't the right one to hang with. And all of a sudden, you care less about ministry. You're trying to, you're trying to get, your, get your dance on. And I ain't talking about that to church. <laughs> Why? You've been hanging with the wrong folk. Yeah. Everybody understand? I'm done. Let's get a lot of hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.